From PRX, this is Orbital Path, a show about the cosmos and our place in it. I'm Michelle Fowler. <laughs> That's Andrew Booth. He's an astronomer and an engineer at NASA. You may also know that he's my husband. Cheers. <laughs> Close to the longest night of the year. Yeah. I'm going to put another log on the fire here. Let me poke this up a bit. This is a magical time of year. The sky is very prevalent. The stars are out. You know, the, the, I, I love the winter sky best. That's my favorite time to look it's at the sky. It's much more interesting, isn't it, yeah. than the summer sky. Yeah. But the, the way the seasons change and the way that the night gets longer and now shorter after the solstice, I mean, I mean that really, to me as an astronomer, it, it, it ties us to the larger universe. That's right, how the solar system works and how the planets are all aligned and yeah. aligned with the sun and the orbits. And there's, there's sort of this interesting misconception that a lot of people have that the reason things are cold right now is because we're farthest from the sun. Farther I mean, we, from the that's sun, right. yeah. We, we hear that right. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. There's, there's this wonderful irony. I absolutely love this. If, if you were to draw the Earth's orbit, yeah. it would, to our eyes it would look like a perfect circle. Yes. It, can't, it, it, you can't yeah, see the difference. Exactly. No, it doesn't no. really look like an ellipse, but it yeah, technically but it, it is. But it is. But it is, yes. And we're actually about three million miles closer to the sun sometimes, and a little bit farther away. But further. The, the difference is, the difference yeah. from the, the farthest approach yeah. to the closest but approach. But when is the closest approach? <laughs> <laughs> January 3rd. Aha. I love that. I love yeah. that. There's this wonderful irony. People think that, you know, things are actually, you know, cooler in the winter because we're farther from the sun, but we're closest to the sun on January 3rd. The Northern Hemisphere. Well, right? so this is, this is the thing. I, mean, I, I met Andrew in Australia, where the seasons are reversed. Yes. <laughs> so what, what, was, what was Christmas like in Australia? It was really weird, I can tell you that, because people have Christmas, and it's Santa Claus, and it's snow. And so Big you snow. go past the shops and the department stores, and they all have snow scenes, and, and, and Father <laughs> Christmas is doing things with his sleighs and but, reindeers. But it's 90 right? degrees. But it's 90, well, no, it's 100 degrees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. It's, hard, it's, it's, yeah. it's very weird. Yeah, <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, but I did. I had Christmas dinner on on the beach many times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. So it, it's it's wonderful what really causes the seasons. It's nothing to do with how far away we are from the sun. I mean, it actually has to do with the tilt of our axis. Of the Earth's axis. That's yeah, right. I mean, right, the, yeah. the Earth actually revolves on our axis once every day, once every twenty four hours. And I mean, so here's here's like here's a pine cone. <laughs> That's the, the closest spherical thing I have. Yeah. So, I mean, if the, if the pine cone were the Earth, and that's the pole. Yeah. So, so, so right here, the pole is actually tilting towards the sun. And so that means you get more direct sunlight, and, and say this is the northern part of the Earth. Yes. And then six months later, you're around the other side, and now it's the, the southern part of the Earth that's actually tilted yeah. towards the sun. Right. So it's, it's an angle. The angle of the sun it's, is It's all higher. to do with angle. Yeah. That's right. It's to do with distance. It's all to do with angle. Exactly. Yeah. And, of course, if you actually are on the poles. Yes. During the winter solstice, now in the North Pole, yes. the sun is completely never below the horizon. Yeah. yeah, never comes up. And yeah. if you're in Antarctica right now, which a never lot goes of down. our friends are, but we we, <laughs> yeah. have, we have friends who are astronomers, and they actually go down to Antarctica because so, it's a great place to do astronomy. That's right. It's yeah. actually a great place to find meteorites. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so so right now there are actually people from NASA on snowmobiles down in Antarctica. You find a rock sitting on the ice in Antarctica. You got to ask yourself where it came from. Yeah, <laughs> because because the nearest soil is like a kilometer below the ice. Further down, yeah. <laughs> so it's a great yeah. place to find meteorites. You know, it fell out of the sky. That's right. Well, when I think about the winter solstice and the seasons here, mm. I mean, you know, we really sort of mark our lives by 
it's it's the winter solstice again. It's, it's springtime again. It's summer again. There's this drumbeat in our lives. Which human beings have been doing for tens of thousands of years. But we got very good at it. I mean, when you think about things like the Neolithic times, Stonehenge. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were aligned with the equinoxes, with the solstices. Yeah. But humans have been noticing these cycles probably for as long as we've been human. Well, certainly as long as we've been farmers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Not every planet has cycles just like ours. No, not even in our own solar system. There's there's actually a lot of different variations. So most planets have some tilt to their axis. We don't don't actually rotate straight Straight up up and down down. compared to where the sun is. Compared to the orbit. Exactly. The orbit and the the rotation of the planet aren't, aren't completely... Exactly aligned. There are some of them where it's pretty close. Is like Mercury I, close? Well, I, actually, I, I believe Jupiter is. Jupiter is close. Yeah, I think okay, Jupiter yeah. is fairly close to having not very much axial tilt. Yeah. But one of the nearest planets does is Mars. Yes. And Mars has a tilt that's equivalent to the Earth. I think it's something around 25 degrees. Mm. And so ours is 23 degrees. So Mars actually has seasons a lot like the Earth does. Mm-hmm. But Mars has this added complication. So we were talking about the Earth's orbit is really close to being a perfect circle. That's right, yeah. But in the case of Mars, Mars actually really is more of an elliptical orbit. Mm. And the difference between the closest Mars gets to the Sun and the farthest Mars gets is something more on the order of 25 million miles. Yeah, that's a lot more, isn't so it? That, that, yeah. that, that's nearly 10 times yeah. the difference that the Earth has. Yeah, right. So, so Mars really is quite a bit more eccentric. Yeah. And so that means that Mars has sort of these super seasons mm. because it has a tilt of the axis like the Earth does. Yes. So there, there's a time when the northern hemisphere is tilted it's towards, pointed towards the, sun. the sun and time yeah. when it isn't. But yeah. then it also, there, it really is closer to the sun. Yes. And that warms Significantly it. closer. Yes. <laughs> and it gets and, colder and when it, it's farther away from the sun. Right. But then there's also the fact that it, when it's an elliptical orbit, when you're close to the sun, you, you whip around a lot faster. That's right. And when you're further from the sun, you, you actually go much slower Slowly. in your orbit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, so, so that there, has an effect too, right? So there's the words apulene and perihelion. Yeah. Apulene means the farthest away from the sun that you get, and perihelion means the closest from the sun. And so in the case of Mars, the northern hemisphere has its summer closer to aphelion. Mm. And so, mm. so that means that its seasons are more temperate in the north. Yeah, because they're further away. That's right. In the south... You yeah. get this really short, hot summer right. because you're actually you're actually going fast by the sun, yeah. but you actually are being warmed because you really are closer to the sun right. by yeah. a lot. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I mean, one of the things we notice is that Mars has these amazing weather variations seasonally. Right. right. You know, there's a time when all these dust devils come by as, as the prevailing winds shift. So, so so Mars sort of has seasons on steroids, and so there are places in the the, the deep parts of the canyons on Mars. Where it can get up to say you know 50 degrees Fahrenheit, it can get get above freezing. But the problem is you have almost no atmosphere. So the the temperature profile, meaning that it may be 50 degrees you know where your feet are, but by the time you get to where your head is, things have cooled off considerably. On the Earth, you know we have our our atmosphere. Specifically, we have carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, which blankets us. That's the greenhouse effect, and keeps the heat in. And so even at night when it's dark and there's no there's no sunlight giving us warmth, the the heat gets trapped on the ground. Yes. Whereas on Mars there isn't. Yeah. And so the heat just radiates away into space really quickly. And so it gets really, really cold at night in on Mars. So 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 Mars has these sort of seasons on steroids because not only does it have an axial tilt like we do, but it actually really is warmer when it's closer to the sun. But then there are these these, these wonderful planets like Saturn. And, and Saturn has really interesting seasons, and it's for something that you may never have thought about, and that is how would rings influence seasons? Yeah, because the rings tilt 
That's more right. or less as because the, they're going around the equator right so as as the axis tilts right the rings will cause shadows on the surface of the planet so if you can imagine the equinox the equinox is when the sun is directly over the equator yes and so the rings are basically casting no shadows. No shadows. Well. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. The, the, the sun is shining right down on the edge of the ring. But then... And it's very boring when you see Saturn in, in a telescope at that time. Because <laughs> you, can you can't see the rings, see the rings at all. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just they're a tiny they're so little thin. line. That's right. Yeah, you can't see them very well. But, but then what happens is that as you go from winter to summer solstice, and Saturn has an orbit of, of 29 and a half years. One year of Saturn is the equivalent of 29 and a half years for us. It takes that long to go around the sun. What happens is that the angles of the rings change as you go from solstice to solstice. Yes, yes, just just like the angle of the Earth. Changes. That's right, just yeah. like the angle of the equator changes, yeah. and that, that's, that's why right. we're getting these different seasons. Yeah. And I mean, the rings are made up of trillions of tiny particles of, 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 of dust and ice and rock. They're not solid. They're not but solid, but they're but they're 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 opaque enough to cast a shadow. Mm. Well, we see that in the pictures from Cassini, right? right? I, I love the pictures of the the shadows on, on oh, Saturn. Oh, that's so beautiful! Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. what what would it do to an atmosphere then? What do you think? Well, so it cools it. I mean, if there's no sunlight hitting the atmosphere, you're cooling it. And what you're saying is the ring shadow is going to be on the winter side of right. the atmosphere, mm -hmm. right, of the planet. So, so it's going to enhance the seasons, right? It almost completely changes the chemistry of some parts of the atmosphere. Mm. Um, you know, Saturn has this very high altitude kind of orangish haze. And it's caused when ultraviolet light from the sun interacts with organic molecules, mm. carbon-based molecules in the atmosphere of Saturn. And, and that happens when you get direct sunlight. And when, when you don't have direct sunlight, when it's cooler, when the shadows of the rings are on the other hemisphere, that haze goes away. And you can actually see farther down into the clouds of Saturn. And one of the things we noticed, people have heard about this hexagon storm oh, yeah, at the, on pole the pole of Saturn. Yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah the blue so, hexagon. Right? But, but the thing is, yes. it's only blue during the winter. Oh, is that right? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it only looks blue in the winter. Hmm. In the summer, because Cassini was around Saturn for, for 13 years. Yes. So it actually, it got, actually got to see a it got season. got to see the seasons yeah. change. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So, yeah. so the hexagon started off blue. Yes. But then as all this haze built up in the summer... It got more and more tan colored, you know, kind of oh, orangey really? colored. Okay. Well, so I mean, the the, the winter solstice on Saturn, it, it must be a beautiful view. Mm. The rings are high in the sky, mm. and they're they're shading the sun, and you're living in the shadow of these beautiful rings. Yeah. Well, and and and, and you you see this the silhouette right of the rings because you're looking through the rings at the sun. You, we were talking about Cassini pictures of Saturn with the ring shadows, but the ones where you actually see the sun behind the rings yeah. are really quite spectacular. But then you get to more weird things, like the <laughs> outer, the, the very outer planets, right? Like Uranus, right? Yeah, oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, Uranus is this real anomaly. So, I mean, all of the planets have slight tilts to their axis. You know, in our case, we're tilted by about 23 degrees. Yeah, all except... Except Uranus, <laughs> which is, is basically tilted a little more than 90 degrees. It's on its side. It's on its side. Yeah. So so it rotates. If you can think of sort of like a barrel rolling it around. It looks like it rolls around its orbit. So, you know, the, the Earth's axis is tilted at 23 degrees. And stays that and way. And stays that tilt Relative all the way the around. Stars. The, yeah, Relative all the way the around stars. the sun. Yes. And that's yes. what causes the seasons. Yes. Now, imagine tilting all the way down yes. to past 90 degrees. Yes. Where basically in the summer, yes, one of the, the poles is the tilted, northern pole, say, is tilted yes. towards the, the sun. The northern hemisphere summer, right? <laughs> yes, the right. pole is pointing directly at the sun. 
Right. So let's yeah, talk about right. this. Yeah. So, so Uranus takes 84 years to go once around the sun. And then because it's an 84 year orbit, yes. right? Yes. So 42 years 42 later. 42 years later, the southern pole is pointing directly at the sun. Yes, that's now, right. Yes. Now that causes seasons unlike anything we yeah, could possibly uh, imagine here. That's weird. So if you lived, let's say you lived on one of the poles of Uranus, so what if, would you see? So if you live on the pole, so so when, you're, when, the, when your pole is pointing at the sun, what you see is the sun is overhead, the whole day. The sun makes the little, same, little, little circles it's, it's in the sky. Maybe a little tiny circle, yeah. but it's basically a little tiny circle, and it's always there, right? And as as the year progresses, the circle gets bigger and bigger. It sort of right? spirals, it spirals out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. Until at the equinox, you're going to see the sun just orbiting around the around all, the horizon, on, on the horizon, <laughs> all the time. That's right. right. Yeah. It's basically doing circles around yeah. you, staying which is, on the horizon. Which is it's kind of like the uh, the pole of the Earth, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're living in Iceland yes. right now, yeah. you, you might just see the sun. You know, barely never rise. Just yeah, kind of stay it just, around it the horizon. stays around the horizon. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, but then, but then, when you get to the other side, when the other pole is pointing at the sun, then obviously the sun never comes up at all. Right, half of the year you have no day at all. Which means forty-two of our years. Yes. Yes. So if you were living near the pole of Uranus, you would see the sun start high in the sky overhead. Yes. And then start to spiral larger and larger in the sky until it was until all it just around the horizon. The horizon. Yeah. And then, and the then it would disappear. Would, then the sun would disappear for 42 years. Yes, that's right. And, and 42 years later, you'd it would, see it around the horizon. It would come around the horizon. And then it would start yes. spiraling. So what would the, happen at the equator? <laughs> see, this is the thing. It's totally different. Right? Yeah. So Uranus has this weird effect where the cycles of the sky are entirely different depending on where you are on the planet. Mm. If you're on the poles, you see the sun for 42 years, and then the sun goes away for 42 years. Yes. And if you're living on the equator, you never actually lose the sun. No. Entirely. Yes. It goes around the horizon at the solstices, but during the equinoxes, you actually have days. You have Mm. days and nights. Yeah, right. So can you imagine being on a planet and talking to people that live on a different part of the planet, the equator? Mm. And, you know, you have no concept of day and Mm. night. To you, the sun is either there or gone for 42 years. And if you talk to people on the equator, they'd say, well, no, it's not like that at all. So, That's right, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, think about how would these people have come up with the mythologies that we did, mm, you know, about, mm. about I, mean, I mean, how would they have figured out how the solar system is put together mm. when even being on the same planet, you couldn't agree on what a day and night cycle was? Kind of makes you appreciate even more what we have here. Yeah, you can imagine different different worlds and different things that happen on different worlds, and and it just begins to show you how special the Earth is, and and how it is tailored to being good for life. I'm actually getting a little cold. Yeah, I'm getting cold too. Do you want to put another log on that? Fire? I think so. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Sure. I say put two logs on it. Go, go for it. <laughs> Andrew Booth is an astronomer and a NASA engineer. He's also my husband. Many thanks for listening in to this adventure in Fireplace Physics, an orbital path from PRX at orbital.prx.org. Support for Orbital Path is provided by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science, technology, and economic performance. More at Sloan.org. This episode of Orbital Path was produced by David Schulman. Our editor is Andrea Mustaine. Special thanks to John Barth and Genevieve Sponsler, curled up by their own fireplaces back at PRX. Signing off for now, I'm Michelle Fowler. 
a little bit of warm stardust. Anybody want marshmallows? Get, get, get them a little melty first, and then, then, yeah. then we let them catch fire. Yeah. Oh, there you oh, go. There we go. All right, all right, there so I, I gotta get mine. Yeah. yeah. Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I will comment that we're making one of the most common organic molecules in the interstellar dust clouds. That's true. We're making polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. Yes, we are. Which on the Earth are found in basically burnt carbon, burnt toast, burnt marshmallows. They 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 fill the interstellar medium. They 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 fill the space between the stars. If you could actually smell space, and of course you couldn't because there's there's so few molecules the human nose would never pick it up, but. The molecules out there would actually sort of smell like um, burnt marshmallows. That's not so bad. Mm. That's one of the best things about marshmallows is that kind of crispy, blackened bit, and that, mm. that's that's what interstellar space tastes like. Crumpets. <laughs> Crumpets. You English person. <laughs>